0: Everybody, welcome to episode one thirty-five of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at Dr underscore Pra. Drew, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great tonight, Josh. Fun to fun to get to do this again this week, and uh, excited to see who we've got with us.
0: Oh, man, I, I'm excited as well. And I'm also excited because we have a great guest, a DAP Network family member. We got Rocky Petrella at Dynasty SS Addict. Rocky, how you doing, man? I'm doing
2: great. Uh, happy to be here. You, you've told me before I, I have an open invite, so I'm glad you openly allowed me to invite myself on to back onto the show. Uh, a couple weeks ago so, um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys It's always a fun time
0: Like I said, when I, when I give those out I mean them uh, from the bottom of my heart And Rocky, you know Anytime you feel like coming on And doing the timeline thing We will have you So normally this is where We get into the news But before we do this I have to make a retraction From last week's episode I... Uh, falsely shamed uh, our man uh, Steve with his uh, Br- uh, Brees Hall trade. I said that we had offered the 102 and the 110. I think that was a trade Bill and I talked about because we co-owned that team, but we never actually presented it to old, old Steve. So Steve, you said no worries. I didn't have to apologize for it. We all make mistakes, but apologize for it anyway uh We did offer you the 1023 second, which I still think is better than the deal you got, but we never offered you the 102 and 110. So that was my bad. I apologize. And I want to put that on the record so that uh, Steve's name is not shamed in these uh, fantasy streets. But now we're going to go to the news. And it was kind of like slow. It was like, oh, is, that, is anything going to happen? And then Gronk retires, maybe. Um, so he said he's hanging it up. Uh, someone put out a great stat that he's sixty-nine receptions away from six hundred and ninety receptions, which I, which is is so nice. Gronk. Uh, so good for Gronk. He kn- he knows uh, where his bread is buttered. But um, all right. What do you guys think about this and where do you guys stand on now? The new Twitter debate, which is this is good for Cam Bray. No, wait a minute. This is actually good for Russell Gage. Is it good for one or the other? Or maybe is it good for someone else that we're not even talking about? Uh, Rocky, since you're, you're our guest, why don't you start us off? How do you feel about Gronk retiring and who benefits the most?
2: Well, I'm personally hoping that that this is just Gronk further not wanting to participate in offseason activities because I have way too many Gronk shares. I even traded for one uh, like a month ago for a third. Uh, I just I assume the entire time he just did not want to do training camp, did not want to do OTAs. I still think that could be the case. But uh, I, we talked about this a little on Trey Addicts last night. Justin, uh, who was on Justin Rogers, he, I mean, he pointed out, though, there's, there's really no reason Gronk needs to say anything right now. So the fact that he said he's retiring is a little – I still think there's a chance, but he kind of convinced me that it, he really might be done for this year uh, unless, uh, you know, unless Tom is desperate and, and, and gives him a call later. Uh, I think this right might actually be a real retirement. So not great for me personally, but uh, I, I don't, I don't think it really helps break that much. I mean, obviously he's the lead tight end now, but uh, someone I saw a tweet someone put out today. He it, like, there was like five games without Gronk last year. And I don't, I don't think Braid had more than like two receptions in any of them. And uh, I don't even know if he had a touchdown in any of those games. So uh, I, I think it probably helps. Just probably helps funnel more to Evans and Gage uh, more than it would have been already. You know, Godwin's going to be missed early in the year, so I think Gage might be the the biggest beneficiary, actually.
0: All right, so we got a vote here for Gage, Drew. What do you think about the Gronk retirement? Who does it help them?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't really know. Um, as far as Gronk goes, I'm looking at Pro Football Reference. It looks like he's 79. Uh, oh, you know, you're right. 69 short of 690. So, if that's really what he's going for, good for him. Uh, he's got too many touchdowns, though. So he would have to give a few of those back to to make it uh, <laughs> really nice. But, um, but yeah, as far as who it helps, I suppose. Uh, you, know, you know, assuming Brady's, uh, you know, back on it this year, he he could make anybody relevant. Take your take your best guess. I guess Russell Gage moving over there from a new team. I'm not seeing anybody else on the depth chart that it seemed like had a real uh, connection with Brady. I don't know where that you know is Perryman still there, so maybe he has some uh, some upside. And then I know a lot of folks are taking K Dot and late see what you know the rookie can do in their fourth or fifth round of their uh, rookie drafts this year. Um, Hopefully, you're not depending on Cam Brady outside of maybe a a bye week or something. If you really went light at tight end, Uh, or if you got best ball settings, then he could maybe be uh, in a week for you but um yeah i mean i, I don't really have a, a strong projection here i i would take anybody from uh gage perryman uh cyril grayson had a couple of flashes last year so whoever's cheapest i, I don't mind having a piece of the offense but i'm certainly not moving too much to get you know russell gage if somebody's going to offer him offer him to me and, and ask for uh you know much more than a third or anything like that i'm not not interested uh, just real quick, I was
2: just going to say, uh, if, if you can get anything for Bray, I would sell him off this. Like, he was worthless prior to, to yesterday. So if you can even get a third, uh, I, w- I would do that. And also, as I was thinking about it, I think the biggest beneficiary might be Evans because he's he's the, clearly the best red zone threat, even when Godwin's there now. So Gronk Gron could have stole some of those red zone looks. And now Evans, you know, 15 touchdowns, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: see it and and rocky stole my thunder i was gonna go <laughs> i was gonna go see none of the above because this just makes evans that much stronger um but like rocky said Cam Brady will get his two receptions a game and you know whatever maybe one of one of them's a touchdown and he's you know tight end 11 on the week or something like that but uh you're not gonna see too you're not gonna see too much out of Cam Brake. but by the way, something else Rocky said, here's a public service announcement. Get Cam Braid off your damn off your damn trade block. Ain't nobody want him. Stop it. Even the people that are putting on Twitter that they want him, don't want him. They're not trading you anything for Cam Braid. They've seen Cam Brake sleeping on waiver wires and benches for years now. They're not just picking him up that you probably have a better shot trading your uh your K like Drew mentioned. Try trade see if you can get a third for K because someone goes, oh young guy, uh Gronk is out. You know, let's let's get this uh K and and Brady'll make him great. All right, fine. At least at least we've never seen K in an NFL game. So we can have some kind of unrealistic hope for him. But we've seen Cam Brady. Stop with Cam Brady on your trade. Every league, as soon as that news hit, I was just getting alerts. Oh, Cam Br- Braid is on a trade block. Cam Brate is on a trade block. Stop with Cam Braid. I would love though if if people are listening and they want to uh, they want to uh, at fantasy time send those uh, Cam Braid trades over. I would love to see if anybody's getting anything for uh, Cam Brate because yeah, I'm I'm not even wasting my time sending you know, offering you a fifth. For uh, for Cam Brady. I'm not doing it. I'm not wasting your time. I'm not wasting my time. Uh, I'd rather make a a trade for a better player. So,
2: and regarding Kate Otten, I, I I there is no way a rookie tight end is getting any serious run in what might be Tom Brady's final season. He, he's no way trusting a rookie
0: tight end. I agree with you. All I'm saying is, I think you have a better shot of fooling someone into giving you a third for Kate for sure. Otten. You do have it fooling someone into giving you a third for Cam uh, You're probably right. That, that's that's all I'm saying, and trust me, I'm not out there. So you know, I did search Kate Otten on waiver wires just to see if maybe he wasn't driving. Um In all my leagues, he he was on someone's roster. So, and then as soon as I saw he wasn't on a waiver wire, I immediately said, "Okay, this this exercise is over," and I'm uh I'm not going to even try to uh, trade uh for k dot and so recovering ridley truther guys are demanding seconds in my leagues so no break deals have gone down Dude, <laughs> a second what yeah the, stop being greedy take a third if someone gives it to you and thank the fantasy gods that you got that that stop a second people get wild when news comes out I always joke around with Drew every time a, a news blurb, a negative news blurb comes out about a guy. Uh, because I'm like, hey, why don't we try to trade a third for this guy that's obviously <laughs> worth you know a high second or or low first? Because you know, people are reactionary, but dude, come on, can't break, get out of here. Let's just stop. stop.
1: <laughs> He's up blocking the OG listener elite, guys. <laughs>
0: and that's exactly where he's going to stay. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Uh, I, I won't even bother Bill with asking him if he wants to give up a fifth for a Cambry. Uh, I ain't going to do that. Um, And then I thought, Drew, I thought, <laughs> I said, you know what? There's not going to be any news about this guy this week. We've spent two straight weeks talking about news and he's in it and, yeah, it's slow, but... He's dominating the headlines right now. And then Monday came and he was out there and I was like, I got to throw it on there. Watson has settled 20 of his 24 civil cases. Does it matter as far as um, potential penalty from the NFL? Do you think it matters or is this just, he realizes the road is run out and he's just, Trying to clean it all up now
2: I think It probably doesn't matter that Much I it May make it easier because Especially if they settle these other Four before like training camps Or preseason games start Just with it being more out of the limelight Not talked about it anymore it may make it easier To not like the way things Were trending you know a couple of weeks Ago it seemed like it was I was starting to think it was almost guaranteed he was Getting the year but if this starts sort of fading into the news cycle and then people aren't really talking about it anymore it might make it easier for them to come august to be or or july to be like well he's getting eight games or something like that rather than than feeling the public pressure to do to do the full uh, 17 game season so uh that's the only thing for me and, and i do think it has had an effect in the market i think there's already people like his value has gone up because of this like he he, he was definitely starting to fade. you were starting to see a little more of those deals where you know, prior to maybe, like I said, two weeks ago when the 25th and 26th case or whatever it was came out, uh, or reports of it, uh, I think people were almost rebounding him to full value. He was going for two plus first in, in leagues and things like that. And then it started to dip again. And I, I think you're already seeing it start to, to kind of rise back up just off of this news.
0: Uh, what do you what do you think about this? drew? you think uh, settling the overwhelming majority of his cases you think this will mean anything for uh potential punishment from the nfl
1: i have no idea <laughs> that's a short answer yeah that's fair uh, that's i'll fair. i'll take uh i'll take a shot at maybe sending a few trade offers now uh if it seems like people are feeling a little bit better after seeing some of the settlements and you know maybe they'll, they'll grind out the last few here like rocky said by august um so I'll, I'll definitely test and see. And I, I know we talked about a trade last week that I missed the, the boat on that seemed like it was a decent deal. So maybe I'll revisit that one again with the better news and see if I can't get uh, Cousins and Deontay back as another option. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, honestly,
0: th- this is, you know, I actually saw a news blurb that said that uh, the – NFLPA would fight for uh, Deshaun and actually maybe even fight this in court if the league suspended him for a year or more. Uh, So that could kind of be an interesting dynamic if the the Players Association gets involved. But, you know, at this point, I'm kind of with Drew. Every time I think I have a handle on this, new information comes out. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, I'll wait until Roger Goodell has his uh, his press conference mm-hmm. and, and determines what the punishment is going to be, and then see uh, any potential fallout after that. Yeah, I mean, the one point the
2: NFLPA would have is—is is, is this that much different than what Robert Kraft was accused of a little while back? And he wasn't suspended from the league for a year, but he's yeah. he's you know, a, a super rich white guy, so who knows?
1: Yeah. It- <laughs>
0: And, you know, that's a really fair point. Um, Obviously, when you run a league, you essentially as commissioner are working for the owners. Right. So uh, that's a much trickier place to be when one of the owners is uh, accused of, you know. I don't want to say similar things, but kind of similar things, you know, I'm not, yeah, it's to, not
2: exactly the same. I'm,
0: I'm not trying to get into Twitter fight body about this. Somebody will hear it and go, it's not the same thing. And let me tell you 47 reasons why <laughs> I, I understand that, but there are some similarities and um, nothing really happened, you know, and actually that, that case blew up for what, two or three weeks. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like, we didn't hear anything about it anymore. And we're not talking about it anymore. Um, Deshaun Watson, this has been going on for, I mean, we're going on two years now. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. And, and again, Recover Ridley Truther, what a good question. Are you seeing a lot of Watson owners kind of already planning on punting 2022 so they're content holding or want top five prices with the recent news? I mean, honestly, I think if you were planning to hold Watson – Through 2022, uh, figuring that there was going to be a year long suspension, you were going to want top five prices no matter what. Because if you're punting the season and you believe that Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended for 17 games, that's a zero every week. And that helps when you're punting a season, when you got a guy scoring you no points, um, that you know when he's out there and he's at his best is, you know, a top five the to top eight quarterback in the league and he's getting you a zero every week. That's nice. Um, so I, I don't know if this news really changes much because you're either going to still holding them. I mean, who knows? Make, maybe this lessens the suspension from a year to 10 games and you get seven games of Deshaun Watson, but that's still 10 zeros that you're just kind of putting in the bank as you roll towards a possible one-on-one. Um, so I think either way, you're still, you know, asking for a lot if you plan on trading them because if not, you're just you're gonna get a bunch of zeros and that's gonna help you out in your cause. Uh you guys have any uh any thoughts about this?
1: I'm looking I mean, at uh DLF Trade Finder right now and what a difference a day makes.
0: <laughs> oh man, we gotta right. You have to give us pre
1: okay. uh
0: pre settlement
1: trade. Three days ago on the nineteenth. Okay. And a 12 team, actually let me I th- let me just double check that I have the right. I think it's got all the right settings here. Yeah, 12 team super flex. Um one Deshaun Watson for Rondele Moore. Wait, that's it? That is it. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> From three days ago. Right. Um,
0: Drew 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 just said something that's gonna make me take the rest of the episode off. So you guys handle this business
1: yourself. I can't even we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go a couple insane. We're gonna go another day earlier. So on the 18th, we have Deshaun Watson in exchange for Nick Westbrook Ekine Mm -hmm. and the 2.02. Oh my god. I get wanting to get
2: out, but these are that's
1: ridiculous. Like just hold. We have, uh, the day before that, on the 17th, Deshaun Watson in exchange for Mitch Trubisky, Khalil Herbert, and a 23-second.
2: Well, we know Josh loves Mitch, so. So, as of today, (laughs) uh,
1: actually, yesterday, there were a couple of trades for Deshaun Watson for Justin Fields, straight up.
0: Oh, Okay, like, it's not you know, ideal, but it is it's way better better, than Ron <laughs> <it's> way <laughs> better than any of any
1: of that crap you just you just spit out. And then today uh I'm curious where you both stand on this one. Deshaun and the 108 for Dak in the 203.
0: Hmm. It, it, is that in a 12 league or 12, 12 team
1: super flex?
2: So, so that's 22 picks then if you're giving me exact mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah. Yep. So I guess they haven't had the rookie draft yet. Uh, I, I think I would take the Deshaun side, but I've been generally kind of more uh, willing to take on Watson than, than a lot of people are since the since, kind of since the beginning of this, because the NFL wants them to come. That's why I don't necessarily think it will be a year. I, I think at one point the optics of it were looking like they'd have to give him a year, but I think they want him back on the field. So I think if you can withstand a half a season or so of no Deshaun Watson, I would take, I would take Watson in the 108. I'd rather straight up. There's no issues. I'd rather have Watson over Dak. So uh, I'll take the, the uncertainty tax and, and take the 108 over the 203.
0: See, I, and I, I think I would take the Dak side cause you're only dropping what five picks mm-hmm. 108 to two Oh three. Oh no, I'm sorry. Seven, 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 yeah. seven picks. Um, We, we're, we're just making, I think if Deshaun was still in Houston, I think this is easily the Deshaun side, but I'm making a lot of assumptions that Deshaun just wakes up after, I mean, a year plus suspension. We don't know what the suspension is going to be. And he's just going to be the same old Deshaun who, by the way, has never been on a team whose number one receiver wasn't DeAndre Hopkins. And he's just gonna be that dude. I I think he's gonna be pretty damn good. Uh, so he's but, got David
2: Bell to threat you now there,
0: Josh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so he's got um he's got Amari Cooper and a lot of unprovenness on a team that I still think is gonna run the ball a lot. I don't think you have Mick Chubb, have Kareem Hunt. Paid the Ernest Johnson a little bit of money and then just go, nah, we're going to throw it almost 700 times a season. I, I mean, maybe you do that, but I don't think so. So it, it'll be interesting. So I think besides, you know, whatever the suspension is going to be, I still think there are a lot of other uncertainties to Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I think I take the dad, but it, it's not like, it's not a smash. Take the Deshaun, uh, Deshaun side or the Dak side. Uh, because when you said that, I thought I was like, man. Yeah, I'm with you, that's, Josh. There's there's
1: tough. a a hidden 3.07 on here that I didn't mention because at that point it's it's a third, but yeah. On um, which side? On the on the Deshaun side.
0: Okay.
1: It so doesn't change anything. I think it I'm doesn't change you. anything.
0: I was just curious to see where yeah. people were were valuing that, especially
1: enough. if I feel like I'm a strong yeah. contender this year. I guess you can make a point if, like you said, Rocky, if you think you can weather half a season, but that's still not guaranteed. So I think. If I'm looking at uh, what I would typically consider a contending roster, I'll take Dak, and then you know hope I can scoop like Isaiah Spiller or somebody like that at the two hundred three, you know, add to my running back depth, um, maybe get some value back there. So I like that one. That but I I just love seeing that the value is going back that way, and then you know Rid- Ridley Truther here, uh, I'm sure he knows that Ridley market really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to think like yeah you you couldn't yeah yeah. That's I crazy. got a
2: second for Ridley earlier in the off season. I was thrilled about that. Like it, it was tough to get a second for Ridley. Good and... for
0: you. Good for you. Because I, I, I wouldn't have even given you the change out my pocket for <laughs> Ridley. So, good for you getting a second. Uh, I'm, you get a clap for that because that's a <laughs> that's a good one. All right. So through the news, let's go are. right right to the timeline and. First one here is from Scott at Scott A. Ferguson. One, what is the value on Zach Wilson right now in Superflex Dynasty? Uh, now, if you don't know, Rocky,
1: huge
0: Zach Wilson fan, huge. I'm gonna let him answer this question after I, I read the uh, the choices in the poll here. A 23 mid first, a 23 mid first, and second. Less than a 23 first or wouldn't touch him. Now, Rocky's probably going to say three first, but Rocky, you can only choose from those four options. Uh, Zach Wilson, Superflex, Dynasty, where do you got him at? Uh, uh, this is
2: easily wouldn't touch him for me. <laughs> I don't know if I'd give a 23 second for him, but, uh, I, uh, pro- I probably would give a twenty-three second. but uh, I, I would not give a 23 first for him. I, I, I you know, uh, you're joking, but you know, I, I have no interest in Zach Wilson. I, I, this before he even played a game, I thought he was not very good. I've been trashing him since the, since the draft last year. Uh, I, I don't think he's a very accurate quarterback. He, he had decent Accuracy numbers his final year in terms of percentage, but it, watching him play as the amateur scouts, we are Josh. Uh, it's it, almost every pass I saw it, back in this last year of college, I watched like, I think like six or seven uh, games, uh, cut ups of them, like cut up of games. Uh, and even when he was completing passes, guys were reaching behind them. Guys were wide open and having to grab balls like above them, behind them. I, I don't think he's very good. Uh, I think he tries to 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 do too much sometimes, and I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna last throughout his rookie contract. They they've set him up so well, and I still don't think he's gonna perform. Uh, I've I've learned my lesson from Drew Locke. I don't care what the weapons are around you, so I think he's. I just do not think he's very good. I want no parts of him. I haven't on no rosters, and I probably never will, unless so- he starts looking like Justin Herbert in year two or
0: something. <laughs> so Rocky, you and I—I I love debating with you. But you and I have had very similar stances on Zach Wilson. I was saying before last year's draft, everyone was talking about him at QB two. I said he's probably QB four, and I honestly lied because I underestimated I had him
2: at five. You
0: I, I under—I underestimated him. Mac Jones, and he should have been quarterback five. But I thought—I said, all right, I, I watched Zach Wilson play for the Jets, and he did have you know flashes of brilliance but i said man that that price is going to depress and and then i'm going to i'm going to get me a couple shares you know just to just to hedge my bets and then the jets had to go out and like be like a competent nfl team <laughs> they draft garrett wilson they uh they get more offensive line help for them i mean they really have built them up And now all of a sudden the value doesn't depress because now we're like, well, now he has Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis is probably the wide receiver three, which, like, if the wide receiver three on your NFL team is Corey Davis, you're not mad about that. You're like, okay, this is this is good. You know, they uh, they sign CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin, who are competent tight ends, not, you know, you know, they draft Jeremy Rucker, who I think is an interesting prospect. And I'm like, God, you know, they obviously they take Brees Hall. Like, they've, they've really loaded up around this guy. And, and everyone in Fantasy World is like, well, look at all the weapons. Like you said, the Drew Locke argument, but a lot of people don't buy into that. A lot of people go, well, it can't be bad because everyone else around him is good, which we all know is is false.
2: Yeah, and Zach Wilson has the bonus of being the number two pick in the draft. The Locke was a, was a second-round pick, so people – there were some people in the NFL and in, in the fantasy community who thought higher of Zach going in than they did Drew Locke, which makes it easier to, uh you know, to kind of prop him up now.
0: Yeah, and and I've also said that, you know, we have to be careful with our, and I'm talking about all of us, our old way of thinking about NFL quarterbacks because we've seen in the last two or three years teams are ready to Boot. It doesn't matter if you have a big contract or you were a top five pick. They're ready to boot you as soon as they can find somebody better. I mean, we're looking at Baker Mayfield right now. Number one overall pick five years ago. That dude's hanging around for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent. He's hanging around. And now it's like, well, we got Deshaun Watson. Okay. Like, we're willing to maybe eat half of his contract to trade him. You know, so... I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets stink. And the problem is I think the weapons around him will make it so that they don't stink enough to get a, you know, one of the top two quarterbacks. But if uh, I'm just throwing a name out here, I don't think this is really gonna happen. If Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden gets just disinterested in Green Bay, he says, trade me, I'm not doing anything until I get traded. I'm not talking to you, I'm not coming to camp, I'm not doing anything. Like, and Zach Wilson is, is average or below average. They might go, all right, here, um, we'll cut this guy or have this guy sit on the bench for three more years. We'll trade for an Aaron Rodgers and we'll, you know, we'll run it back with all these weapons kind of like with, um, what Denver did with Russ, you Mm -hmm. know, drew Locke not good. They were like, all right, like we're going to get Russ. We have these weapons that we think are good and we're going to, we're going to go ahead. So, um, Yeah, like I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Wilson doesn't really take a big step up that they're not looking for other options as soon as uh, next year because they also have a ton of draft capital so
2: they
0: can they can, you know, look at a team with a quarterback that's not happy or making too much money and go hey we have these pretty picks that everyone likes and uh, go that route.
2: And we saw it happen with with Josh Rosen. We saw it happen with Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, neither one of those guys made it through their rookie contracts,
0: you know, starting. So yeah. So uh, what do you think, Drew? Uh, what 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 would you give up to uh, to get yourself some
1: Zach Wilson? If I have multiple firsts next year, I would I would consider whatever the latest one is. So if it happens to be, you know, what I think is going to be in the back third. Uh, I'd give up a couple seconds again if I have multiple seconds next year. Um, I, I'd be willing to to take that bet. Um, I'm looking at, again some trades here and looking at you know what which of these would I do? You know what I give Zach Wilson in the two hundred eight this year to get Daniel Jones in the two hundred five. Probably stick with Zach Wilson and hope is the one hundred two in the NFL draft. And maybe he gets a little bit more more time. Um, there's another one here that I think would be fun for Rocky Zach Wilson in the one hundred nine or Jalen Hurts this year.
2: Oh, I would take Jalen Hurts so easy there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't even like
2: Jalen Hurts, and it's Jalen Hurts. So. I, I like Jalen Hurts more than not just because he's an Eagle. I just uh, I think he's going to improve passing. We've talked about this before. And
0: uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, I was
2: waiting for that. <laughs> but yeah, and, and even if he doesn't, I think he, I think he's going to be. I think he's likely starting in this league longer
0: than Zach Wilson is. Yeah.
1: There's another right, one down some- here that's pretty good. Zach Wilson in the 301 this year to move up to the 203.
0: All right. That's a little disrespectful.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, like I said, I, I've, I've been on record. I'm not a huge Zach Wilson guy, but that's a little disrespectful.
1: It is. I've got him on a couple of rosters, so I, I think I'm I'm definitely hoping he shows some potential early on. Uh, I think uh, Sala will have the defense in a better spot this year, and maybe he won't have to do as much as he had to do in college, like Rocky was talking about. So maybe he'll be able to rein it in some, and, uh, you know, they'll be able to cover up some of those uh, issues that he's had. And, you know, we've seen uh, <laughs> plenty of guys that seem like it like they've been getting better coaching and maybe quarterback coaches or offensive coordinators are getting smarter over the last few years and adapting to some of these young guys coming out. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, in the right situation, I don't know what the right context would be for my team to feel like I've got a give up a, a, a mid to late first next year for Zach Wilson. But I don't think it's out of the question that I'd, I'd find myself in a place where I'd be willing to do it. Um, but I think my preference would be if, if I could get trade two seconds next year for him, I'd feel, uh, I'd feel okay about taking that risk on. Yeah.
2: Drew, Drew's a much better gauge of this than I am because uh, yeah, I just, I, my, my, hate has gone pretty far. So uh, there's just guys I don't like to, you know, it my Wilson, uh, you know, not that I hate the, the guy, Zach Wilson, but my Wilson hate
0: is on level with my Rojo hate. So uh, so I, here, here we go, Drew. You, you said something very interesting. You said if you had two first-round picks, you you could see yourself possibly shipping the later of the two. So you are going to end up with – I'm going to tell you ahead of time so you know this. You're going to end up with the 103 and the 109. Are you sending that 109? For Zach Wilson, your quarter, your quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, and me.
1: That's your quarterbacks. <laughs> so I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick on my bench still. Good.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're hoping that Amazon didn't just pay him a billion dollars to announce <laughs> games and he comes back <laughs> to playing football. Uh,
1: I, I would definitely consider it. The 103, you've got a really good chance of getting one of the top quarterbacks. So I don't know that I would... Um, feel the need to send the 109 at that point. You know, if I'm sitting there in, in like the 105 land and I I feel good about I don't feel good about getting one of the top quarterbacks, um, you know, then I would maybe feel more like if I have the 109, 105 kind of combo, if that's where I'm projecting. But even then, yeah, I mean that's so hard to project. So at this point, um, you know, I'd have to have a lot of a lot of information. Um, you know, there we all have a couple of leagues where there's a team or two that you just feel like, okay, if I've got this person's first, they're probably going to be, you know, deep in the playoffs if, you know, as long as the wheels don't totally fall off. Um, But yeah, I think, again, it would be pretty limited. The number of scenarios that I could think of that I would, I'd really make that move right now. Um, But I think there's plenty of them. Or again, if I have three first next year, and maybe that's, that's probably uh, kind of the typical, problem with some of us as dynasty players is the more that we accumulate, maybe we devalue them more than we should. I do that all the time. I've said that on podcasts
2: before. If I have three, four or five first, I'm much more free with, with sending
1: one away. Right. So maybe at that point it's okay, great. I'm, I'm rebuilding anyways. And again, hopefully I would have a different combination to get there. Maybe I have a Tom Brady and okay, great. I'll flip Tom Brady for Zach Wilson this year. If there's a contender that wants, you know, Last year, Brady still trust he's going to do well, and I'll take on the risk of, you know, maybe I'll, I hope I'll get more seasons out of Zach Wilson than I will at Tom Brady at this point. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's a pretty limited uh, set of scenarios. But in that particular one, Josh, I think I would still, I would tell that other person, I'll I'll wait and I'll see kind of where these picks end up at this point. Drew, do you not have like three firsts in every
2: league? I feel like you you always want the picks, so you must be trading my players for uh, picks all over the place. <laughs> uh,
1: I'll be honest. That's something that I've I i need. I've been trying to get better at. So I've got a couple of leagues where I've, I'm starting to continue to roll into some of the future firsts more. I, I've been more, I think, uh, more into getting seconds in the future now. So I've got a bunch of 23 seconds across leagues i haven't been uh, and i I think 23 firsts have just been so expensive impossible
2: to Um, obtain so
1: i am trying to get into more 24 firsts at this point so i'm trying to uh, package some things better especially after uh we had oh god why can't i think uh bobby since we had bobby on a couple of pods you know talking through what does it look like to be a couple seasons out so i've been trying to make some of those those deals work but yeah, I think uh, that's definitely something I want to build in is figure out how to get better combinations for an upside player and a future. Future first right hand. It's funny you say that,
2: too, though, because uh, like I mentioned, we did trade addicts last night and there were at least like half the deals involved 24 first. I don't think any of them, but one of them involved just 23 first. But it's it's you're seeing a lot more 24 first exchanging hands because people realize they, they can't really get those 23s unless you're you're trading like Justin Jefferson or Kyle Pitts or something.
1: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I love Justin Jefferson.
0: Right. So it sounds to me Drew like you are trying to uh to lighten your load on some of the picks. So we'll have to we'll have to make some deals where you you give up some of those fancy picks that you're uh, you're not a fan of anymore and I can give you some of those uh <laughs> Some of yes. those points that you're looking forward to. So I'll, I'll I'll hit you up after the show. We'll make we'll make some deals where I can lighten your load on the picks a little uh, bit.
1: That's the problem with co-managing in multiple leagues.
0: So um, all right, that was that was a good one. Uh and just to give you guys kind of uh the percentages, less than a 23 first uh hit 36%. And I, I know both of you guys kind of said something, you know, two seconds, something like that, you know, as a as maybe a a place where you could trade for him, uh, a mid first was in second place with thirty one percent. So there's still a lot of people, and that that's interesting to me. Um, I might have to I might have to shop my one share of Zach Wilson around and see if I can get that mid first because uh, I would be over the moon if I could get really any first. For Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, I, I just
2: real quick, I just wanted to say I, that's something I feel like I need to get better at is, is maybe taking some of these guys I don't like sometimes like I wish I had taken Zach Wilson and then could trade him for a 23 first like you said I'd be over the moon like Drake London is a guy this year that I've avoided in, in despite how many leagues I'm in in every draft, I feel like maybe I should have taken him and maybe I can get you know I could trade him for. Uh, if he starts off hot trading for 23 first or something like that
0: but. yeah I, i'm with you i don't i don't have no drake london but there's either. people I, that love him there's people oh no i know there's people that love him, and so they you take them to trade them to them <laughs> i should be doing that more you, my biggest fear about that is i'm gonna take a dude i don't like and then, and then never be you think you will <laughs> and, and never be able to get a trade done for him because i'm gonna be like well don't you love him here give me all this stuff and they're gonna be like no and i gonna be like All right, can you give me like a little bit less? And it's just gonna be this thing where I end up with a guy I hate, and I don't get anywhere near the return I thought I was gonna get, and then I'm
1: doubly pissed off. So, oh yeah, I've done that on Facebook Marketplace a few times. like crap, this is a great deal for this couch or this thing. That's way undervalued. Let me. I'll just put it in storage for a couple of weeks. I'll I'll repost it, let it recycle, and all of a sudden I've got a bunch of shit in my extra couches. Uh I interrupted
2: something. you. Uh, reading the poll off there, Josh. Sorry about that.
1: No, no,
0: that's cool. <laughs> um, so again, a, a 23 mid first came in in second place at 31%. A twenty-three mid first and second with twenty-four percent, and then rounding out in last place wouldn't touch them at nine percent. So uh not many people on the uh the wouldn't touch them bandwagon. But over but let-
2: half would do a mid first or more, according to that poll.
0: I might have to uh shop my one share and see if I can get one of them. (laughs) fancy 23 first. The problem is that in that league it's a bunch of sharks. So I can't imagine anyone giving me a first, but uh we'll see. Um next one here is from Leo Leo Mergla at Leo Mergla 10. Uh which side here in this dynasty trade? Akers and Henderson? I'm assuming that's Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson, or Josh Jacobs and Brandon? Ayuk. All right. Um, since there's only one player that I really like in this deal, and it's probably not the player you're, any of you are thinking of, I'll go last here. Drew, why don't you start us off here? Are you going with the Rams running back situation, or do you want Josh Jacobs and Brandon
1: Ayuk? Uh, I'll take Jacobs and Ayuk, and then see if I can get anything for Ayuk.
2: That that is the perfect answer. <laughs>
0: What about you, Rocky? Uh are you doing the same thing?
2: Uh yeah, I think I lean that side. I, I, I and I'm with Drew. I, I'm not I don't really have much interest in Ayuk. Uh but, but there are people that still believe in him, so maybe you can flip him for something decent. Uh I just I mean I'm, I'm concerned even about Debo. I, I, I like Lance for fantasy. I've actually acquired him a couple times this offseason, but I just, I don't know what it's going to mean for his pass catchers. And with, uh, two, you know, Debo and Kittle and Ayuk, I, I wonder, you know, how much can Ayuk really do? So and what could be a low volume passing off, not that it was high volume to begin with, but it could be, you know, with Lance taken off, it could be even less than we saw with Jimmy G. So, yeah. Yeah, he concerns me, but Akers also concerns me. You know, I didn't like what we saw at the end of last year, obviously. I do get the injury excuse, but we've never seen Akers be great. Like, he he had a couple good games in the the playoffs, not this past year, the year before. He had like one or two good games. He did, I don't know how many people remember, he did like nothing in that regular season. He had a couple flashes here or there, but he wasn't even getting the ball for a lot of the season. It was split. He was getting just you know mixed in here and there, so we we've never seen him produce. Every he's just built up in everyone's mind, I think, because of you know his value shut up after that playoff run in twenty twenty. So I, I have too many concerns about Acres. I'm not really interested in him, so I'll just take I'll just say the Jacobs points for twenty two out of this. Flip it, Ayuk for what I can get.
0: All right. So the player I like the most. In this deal, I'm not saying this is the best player, but this is the player I like the most is Darrell Henderson. <laughs> um, Rocky, I think you summed up Cam Aker as well. He might be the first player that we're ever drafting as high as we are because he beat his injury timeline. Yeah, It's not based on what he did on the field last year, because if that was the case, dude should be like a ninth round pick. <laughs> um but we're we're pr- we're pretty much drafting him because he beat his timeline and i get it achilles nobody had ever done it before it was amazing that he was even playing in an nfl game i get all that but like i i want points i want fantasy points i don't want like feel good stories like hey if i got a couple of those it's nice but like i don't play in any uh point per feel good story leagues so i uh i don't care um and let's face it, we people like to trash on Darrell Henderson, but he was he was good last year. Like we, we seemed to, we you know we got all wrapped up in the Cam Akers hype, and we forgot that Darrell Henderson had a good year. He did. I mean, no one no one walked out there and was like, "I won a championship strictly because of Darrell Henderson." But especially where you got him in drafts, like like that dude way way overshot what you paid for him. So, um, but the value is on the Jacobs and Ayuk side. Ayuk is literally valueless to me. I mean, <laughs> uh, Rocky, you you mentioned who knows what this offense is going to look like, led by Trey Lance. I guess, I guess we're assuming it's going to be led by Trey Lance. That's Jimmy, true. Yeah. Jimmy G's still in the house. Who knows? Um, I'm not worried about Debo. The only thing that can stop Debo is Debo, an injury, something like that. Um, that that was the reason why we had the one, I'm going to put this in quotes, good Brandon Ayuk season is because Debo got hurt um, and Kittle was hurt for some of that too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Amon Ross St. Brown vibes going on, but um, you know, yeah, people like them. I see people on Twitter all the time, you know, talking about, you know, Brandon Ayuk this and Brandon Ayuk that. And I'm like, all right, cool. I've, I've never seen it with Brandon Ayuk where I am willing to put a lot of value in that. Josh Jacobs values the press because the fifth-year option didn't get picked up. But if Vegas decides not to re-sign him, which is a very real possibility, someone is someone is going to spend probably way more money than they should to sign him. Oh, they wow. ha- no. It happens with running backs. Not like, only that,
2: they could they could run them into the ground in twenty two, knowing they're not bringing them back next year, which means fantasy points in right. a better offense this year, most likely. Yep.
0: Right, and if you're not if you're not uh, going for a championship, then you sell them to somebody who is, you know, and say, "Hey, guys, I got this. Uh, I got this Josh Jacobs, who's you know RB nine right now. Let's just say, wouldn't that be worth?" You know, you're 23 first, which is probably going to be in that what 10 to 12 range if you're selling them to a real contender. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I'll take that as the Josh Jacobs, you know, payoff. And you know, if I can get a second for Brandon Iuk, you know, I just turn that into a first and a second. I'm not too, uh, I'm not too upset about that. So yeah, um, is it's the Jacobs and Ayuk side, but only because I think that's where the value's at. All right, let's hit this next one here. Uh, Steve Lawson at FF by committee 738. So we're all worried about Traylon Burks, right? And if you're not sure what our man Steve is talking about, the, uh, what are, What are they called now? NBC Edge or whatever. I, I forget what <laughs> I they're called. I think that
2: NBC Edge Sports,
0: yeah. Edge Sports, thank you. Um Said that uh, Traylon Burks is number is uh, wide receiver three on the depth chart, so he's behind um, Robert Woods and I think uh, Nick Westbrook Akine, if I remember the depth chart correctly. it shows you know, how much
2: depth charts are worth in June or July. Yeah, June I, or July.
0: I'm probably on like two NFL depth charts because no one cares. Know. They, just, <laughs> they write names in there. They don't care. Like Tom Brady is probably like QB three on the Bucks depth chart right now. Like, <laughs> but the, and I was with you guys earlier. You know, I always text Drew. Hey, maybe we can get this guy for a second. And <laughs> as soon as that Traylon Burks thing came out, I texted him, and I said. Hey, maybe we can get Traylon Burks for a second in this league where we uh, where we co manage a, a team, because we you know everyone brought this up. We saw this with Justin Jefferson; he was behind BC Johnson if we if we can remember back that far. But someone really pulled a receipt, and I, I thank him for it. The last guy that we were a little bit worried about in Tennessee, AJ Brown. There was a blurb where he was the wide receiver three on the team. So, let's stop. It is what? June 22nd. I literally don't care if a coach says he hates a dude that he took in the first round. Comes out on a podium and says, I hate this guy. If I like them beforehand, I'm still going to like them. Until training camp starts and we see camp battles and maybe a preseason game or two. All of a sudden, if Traylon Burks is playing with, like, the third team in the third quarter of, of game one or game two, okay, now, now I'm scared. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this didn't go the way I expected it to. But if I see Traylon Burks lined up with uh, – I'm not sure if Robert Woods will – he probably won't play any preseason, but Nick Westbrook-Akina because he's apparently the wide receiver two <laughs> on that team right now. If I see those guys lined up as the starters in game one for, you know, the – one series they're gonna play. I'm like, okay, this was all overblown. Who cares? Like, he's fine. Um, Rocky, what do you think about this? Are you you worried about our guy, Traylon Burks? Uh,
2: not no, not not because of anything that's happened this offseason. I I I had Traylon Burks as my wide receiver, too. I still have him there. I, I do think there is some bust potential of even having him as my two. I do acknowledge he has maybe some more bust potential than, than some other guys. Like I think I think I have Alave lower, but I think he's a safer guy. I think he like the floor of Alave is probably higher than the floor of Burks, but nothing's changed this off season. Nothing's changed for me this off just because of these reports. I don't I don't put stock in any anything you hear out of the offseason pretty much uh especially um from coaches but even stuff like this where you're hearing just some stuff from from you know beat reporters you always drop some passes or or he's got you know he's had some conditioning issues because of asthma i I don't care i mean i'm sure he had asthma in college too so i'm not i'm not that worried about it he he performed pretty well there so until like you said and even preseason like if he performed poorly in the preseason, I wouldn't even care about that as long as he's running with the ones or the two. Like the only way I'd be worried about it if he's playing in the fourth quarters of preseason. That's the only thing pre- even preseason matters to me is if you're not playing anywhere near the starters. So so, yeah, this means nothing to me. I had him as my two. He's still my two in this class. And that probably won't change until at least sometime during the season if, he, if he's not playing or looks like crap or something like that.
0: All right, Drew. Are you gonna are you gonna perpetuate the fear of, of <laughs> what Traylon Burks might be, or are you uh, are you sitting here
1: level headed like Rocky and I? Oh, I, I'm attaching that news clip to every trade offer I'm sending for him with uh, with our second round pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm similar with Rocky, where he was probably a top three guy for me. I think I might have had um, you know Jameson Williams a little bit higher uh, than him. Really, kind of, and that's the problem with this year's draft. Is anywhere from like 102 to 106 is basically take who you want, right? So I know you took uh, Jameson Williams with Bill in our OG league. Uh, I've taken Garrett Wilson a couple times at 102. So, uh, but no, in general, I'm not concerned about it. If somebody is really that worried, and I guess I'm trying to figure out is there uh, something that I can do, like a you know Chris Alave and a, a cheap pick to maybe get him now if I like him better than Olave if. Lave's in that eight nine ten range for me, or you know, do I want to see if maybe I can flip? Uh, oh god, well, I can't even think of like a Sky more, You know, does somebody want to flip Sky more for him now? Who is in that seven eight nine ten range? Um, I would absolutely make that kind of a move if I thought you know, cool. We don't have any bad news about any of these later guys, so let me let me take some of that worry off your hands, right? Um, so, but no, in general, I'm not that concerned about it. And the big thing for me in Tennessee. Uh, being local here is if, if Derrick Henry looks good and he's healthy to start the year, I will I will one hundred percent feel good about Burks, Woods when he's back. Uh, I think Tannehill thrives in that play action. Uh having to manage and then take advantage and pick his spots, be be efficient. Uh, if that's what the offense is going to look like, uh starting week one with Derrick Henry looking really good in preseason or getting good reports coming back. And, you know, he's already putting some of those workout videos out there. So uh, so yeah, I I am not at all worried about you know a rookie wide receiver. He's he's got enough to figure out just like every other rookie wide receiver at this point.
0: Yeah, um, if I if I was ever
1: drunk enough to uh,
0: Chris Olave, I would package him in whatever I needed to 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 get Traylon Burks. He was my uh, wide receiver three. Um, I had Garrett Wilson, uh, Jamison Williams, and then uh, Traylon. Um, Rocky mentioned it. I mean, assuming he didn't just get asthma the day after he was drafted. So an SEC team was able to figure out how to uh, use him and use him really well and manage the asthma, An NFL team is going to figure it out uh, very quickly. So I'm not worried about any of this. Uh, But test the waters. We see people panic all the time, I'm sure. A few people traded Justin Jefferson after he was third behind B.C. Johnson. You know, people panic. We, we, I always say this, we like to pretend that because we're dynasty players, we're the, the pinnacle of patience and the pinnacle of, of waiting things out and seeing how things unfold. We're just as bad, if not worse, than, you know, the people who are hardcore uh, redraft players, you know. Very reactionary. Oh, my God. Justin Jefferson is the number three wide receiver. Traylon Burks is the number three wide receiver. Uh, This guy stinks out loud. You know. Okay, cool. And then you capitalize. So probably not going to work in 90% of situations. But, hey, if you can get Trelon for a second because someone is panicking, go right ahead, trade that second, and uh, just realize you traded – a 23 second for a 22 first and it would probably make you pretty happy. Uh, So this next one here is from Mitch at the commitch. And this one says, all right, fantasy football experts. I need your absolute best advice to win my home league this year. Don't hold back. Ready to bask in genius. And he said the word genius so uh, that means that Rocky has to go first. He is our he is our head genius. uh what is what is your best advice for Mitch, the commit to win his home league?
2: Well first of all, I'm no, I'm no genius, but I, I kind of took this as I assume we're talking redraft here.
0: uh. Yeah, I probably, sure.
2: probably. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, in terms of redraft, I, my best advice I would say is is the, to go hero RB. Uh, I, I would get one of those stud running backs and then load up everywhere else. Get yourself an elite tight end. Uh, I, I think that always helps. And uh, so that's kind of my general advice: one running back, to fade, fade your RB two. RB twos generally don't matter that much. Unless you somehow luck your way into two studs. So uh, load up at receiver, load up at tight end, draft your quarterback late. And uh, more specifically for this year, when I saw this question, this popped into my head try and load up on the AFC West because I think you're going to, there's a ton of good offensive players there and they're all going to be playing each other six games a year. So I, I think that's a that's a good strategy for 2022 if we're talking redraft is they're going to uh, – and none of those teams have great defenses. Uh, San Diego kind of beefed up a little there. Uh, San Diego, I just call them San Diego. Los Angeles beefed up a little there. You guys didn't even call me on it. Uh, you guys I'm like, going to yeah, let you Diego. ride
0: with it as long as you wanted to.
2: <laughs>
1: Sounded right to me. <laughs> I still right do, to do me, that. Man. I
2: still mess up Washington. I still I still mess up the Raiders. Uh, I do know they're in Las Vegas, but um, but yeah, so I would I would say load up on, on NFC West players and you'll probably get a lot of points there because I, I expect a lot of shootouts. Like I said, none, none of the defenses are all that all that either. So
0: uh, I like that hero RB and the AFC West. So Rocky is our guest genius, our resident genius. Drew. <laughs> Why don't you go next and um, help Mitch out here?
1: Yeah, for redraft, it's it's interesting. Um, I think for redraft, I ascribe to uh, a little bit of what the Rotoviz guys, those folks over there, do for some of their higher stakes leagues. Uh, they are going pushing more to zero RB, and again, depending on what the rest of your team or what the rest of your league does. We just talked about a guy in the AFC West that's undervalued that will probably have a, a decent year this year. So if you can get guys like Jacobs or I think we talked about Montgomery a little bit uh, last week, and that. I am totally fine in redraft rolling with one of those two guys in my RB1 this year and then kind of loading up in depth and seeing what you can put together after that. If that means that you're going to get four or five really good wide receivers. And then of course, depending if you're in, you know, two QB, super flex, one QB um, that'll kind of adjust where you take your quarterbacks. If it's any kind of a two QB or super flex, then I am. I am definitely in the camp of I'll take one of the elites. If I can get them early on, if not, then, I love Rocky's idea of taking an elite tight end, depending on what your scoring looks like, and then I'll load up on those wide receivers, and I'll I'll ride with the the variability throughout the year, uh, ride the bye weeks, and then yeah, I'll take those running backs if I can get Jacobs or Montgomery in round seven, eight, something like that as my first running back, and then uh, I'll feel good about that rolling into this year with whether it's the competitive nature of that that division in AFC West or. You know, a guy like Montgomery who just gets undervalued each year because you know the Bears suck; they haven't done anything to help his line, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. I'll take a, a borderline RB one, and then like Rocky said, I'll I'll load up on three, four, five other you know RB two guys or guys that are an injury away from being relevant for some of those weeks. So I think some of that even is is kind of where I am in the in the fishbowl as well. You know, the third round reversal kind of throws a wrench into things, but um, but yeah, I'm not taking a. I don't plan to take a running back. Um, in any of the first three rounds unless there just happens to be some sort of screaming value there that everybody else misses but probably not in this tournament i
2: I will say in dynasty i'm even more inclined to go zero or B this particular year just because you can get guys you can get zeke in like the seventh or eighth round who was an rb1 his entire career and probably will be again this year you can get you can get fournette a little later you can get connor a little later you can there's so many guys you can get like the veteran guys it might only give you a year, but then, you know, you're trying to recycle to the next guy next year. So uh, I, I am moving more. Like, I used to be a heavy running back guy. I'm moving more away from that in general, but specifically this year, even if you want running backs, like you can get talented guys later just cause
0: they're old. So my, my, this works for redraft or dynasty, but I'm going to focus this on redraft because I think he's asking about redraft. Exploit the weaknesses, and this is what I mean by that. Both Drew and Rocky talked about hero RB and zero RB. So if Rocky and Drew are in your home league and five other guys that listen to Rocky and Drew are in your 12-team home league, that's seven dudes that are going either hero or zero RB. Okay, cool. Pick up the running backs because guess what? the values are going to be there cuz these guys are saying hey i'm not looking at a running back till round 6, round 7, round 8. That's their strategy. That's what they're going with. And that's fine. I'm by the way, please, I'm not here to shame anybody's strategy. Go zero RB, here RB, heavy R. I don't care. Do what you want. Make yourself happy. But realize that, but also realize, you know, home league is has become a big term. Home home league used to be like guys like us would get some of our family members and some of our friends who, you know, just played for fun. And, you know, they didn't really know a lot, you know, maybe one or two other guys in your league knew a little bit something and they would get crazy. But now you hear about home leagues where, you know, everybody's like a a trained killer. They all, you know, they know, you know, that they want, you know, Valus Jones in the last round, that's their sleeper, you know, guys. So it all all depends on what your home league is kind of like. But if you see that, you know, half of the teams in the league by round eight have two or three quarterbacks on their team or have two kickers, you know, all right, hey, guess what? That means that you might have to take quarterback a little bit earlier than you planned because if you wait till around 10, 11, 12 in one quarterback leagues, like, you know, every redraft podcast will tell us you, you might be taking Baker Mayfield. You might be taking QB, you know, 28 because you waited too long. Um, but you exploit those weaknesses. If everyone's going zero RB or um, here RB, go, go heavy RB, get, get the values, pick them up. If, Everybody is waiting on quarterback. Guess what? That means you can wait longer on quarterback too, or the opposite. Maybe you go, wait a minute. It's the fourth round and one quarterback startups. I think ADP right now. I think Patrick Mahomes is going like 306. Uh, I think uh, it's Josh Allen is going 207. I think too late. If it's, a, if it's a, too late, if it's in the fourth round, no one's taking a quarterback. Get yourself Patrick Mahomes. Get yourself Josh Allen because the the value is there at that point. So that's why I say, you know, exploit those weaknesses because, yeah, everybody will tell you, oh, you don't need to take a quarterback to the 12th round. You can get Matt Stafford in a one-quarterback league, and you probably can. But you're probably going to be a lot happier with Josh Allen and, you know, your 12th-round guy, whoever that might be, as opposed to, you know, Jalen Waddle and the quarterback you take in the 12th round because Josh Allen is is a cheat code. So uh, exploit those weaknesses. Watch what everyone's doing, because a lot of times people just look at the ADP list and go, all right, this guy's on top. I'm going to click the guy on top. I'm going to fill my team up and I'm going to be happy because I always got the guy on top. I mean, you can win like that. It's a possibility, depending on who you're playing with. but. It's a lot better when you go, oh, wait a minute. I'm in round five. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are still on the board. What are we doing here? Why is it round five and these tight ends are on the board? I'm going to take one of those guys. And then all of a sudden you have like a Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, quarterback tight end stack that you're the top guy in both of those positions every week. And that's a good place to be when, like Rocky said, you can still find Zeke way too late. You know, you can get yourself a lotto ticket on Saquon Barkley and hope that he's fully recovered and he does his thing. You know, you can go even later and get yourself an Elijah Mitchell. You know, there's there's places where you can pick a and wide receiver so deep that you can get a good wide receiver. Just about, yeah. Exploit the weaknesses. Watch what everybody's doing and kind of uh, kind of pick them apart that way.
2: See Josh, you're, you're you're the real genius here because that 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 to me is the best advice right there. It's, and that is what I do in almost every draft. Actually, I like I may have said, oh, uh, and that is what I'm looking to do in a lot of, especially redraft here or RB. But if if uh, yeah, if the draft goes a certain way, I, I, I you know the, you, the old saying is be like water. Just go go with the flow of the draft, and and that is what I always try and do. I never even with my whole you know, a lot of people know my whole quarterback thing. If if somebody's if for some reason there's only like three or four quarterbacks going in the first round of the draft, I'm at one twelve in a dynasty superflex league. I'm I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking, you know, whoever's the fourth or fifth quarterback on my board. It's not like a hard and fast rule for me. And uh, that that to me that that that's the best advice of all. Is, is yeah, go with the go with the draft. Uh, zig when other people are zagging is very good advice.
0: Yeah, and you know. It it, all, it always works out well when you do it that way. Uh, we we brief, briefly mentioned Scott Fishbowl. I was in it last year, and I was like top 50 or something like that. And I, I drafted Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers in the second and third round. Why? Oh, these, you know, you, a lot of times you get dynasty people in there. Oh, they're old. And it's like, well, this is redraft. I don't care. Like, they're going to play the whole season. They're not going to, you know. They're not gonna have a stroke on the field or anything like that. They're gonna be fine. So, um, but we we like disparage Kirk Cousins because it's never flashy. You know, we disparage um, Tom Brady because he's forty seven. You know, we're just like, you know, they're old. They're not flashy. You know, Ben Roethlisberger last year, he can't throw more than you know ten yards. Cool, he's gonna throw it seven hundred times. So if he can't throw it past ten yards. That's fine. He's still going to throw it 43 times a game. So who cares? Um, and, you know, th- those are the inefficiencies that, that usually lead to wins is when you're doing things that uh, are against the grain and against what everybody else is trying to do. Uh, we got this next one here from Nick Pentecoff at Nick Pentecoff. I'm getting Travis Fulgham vibes from Gabriel Davis. And I like Davis. I just think people need to pump the brakes. Jamison Crowder is a better wide receiver than Davis, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the wide receiver too. I also fully expect James Cook to be pretty involved in the passing game. So there's a lot to break down. We, we got a track mention in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, we got Jamison Crowder in there. Uh, we even found a way to get James Cook in there. So, Rocky, since the first mention was of uh, former Philadelphia Eagle great Travis Fulgham, uh, what do you think about this? What do you think about Gabe Davis? Is he that dude? Is he the 1B the to the 1A that is uh, Stefan Diggs? Or is it maybe a little bit too much hype for uh, for what we're all trying to put out there?
2: First of all, I had to say, I mean, I I love I love Travis Fulgham for that that month as an don't, Eagles don't fan. Don't get me started. And I, and I really know. thought that was going to continue. I was like, you can't do this well for 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 a month against legit cornerbacks and 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 not be something. And he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Like I don't know what happened with that guy. I don't anyway. know. How,
0: I don't know how he didn't get a job last year with some of the trash yes. cans that the Eagles were putting out there. I don't get it at all but but go ahead this is your time
2: i don't either but uh, gabe i mean i'm kind of not i'm not a gabe truther but i i don't think he's here's my thing with gabe davis i think if you were that good you would have been able to beat out emmanuel sanders and get more targets than cole beasley that that's what i think and that that's the excuse a lot of people like to use for why he hasn't performed up till now he had those guys in his way i mean is is Jamison Crowder any worse than Cole Beasley? Is Jamison Crowder going to take all these targets? I mean, not that they play, you know, the slot guys are taking away all Gabe uh, Gabe Davis's targets, apparently. So I do question, I, I'm not sure, I do think he could be good, not great, but good this year, better than he's been just because I don't buy the James Cook narrative. I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of targets. They've never really targeted the running back. I know it's the narrative seems to be that that's what they want. They signed. They tried to sign J D. McKissick. They thought they had. I still. I still don't think it's going to go as well as people think. I, James Cook is another guy I've been off of this whole draft season. So I think by default, Gabe almost has to be better than he's been just because. I, I don't know that Crowder is going to do much more than Beasley did last year. There isn't really a Sanders there, uh, this year. So, and I don't think they're going to start targeting the running backs like crazy, maybe more than in the past, but not, but it's not going to be like he's getting Christian McCaffrey targets or something like that. So I, I think he's improved, but I, I still only see like wide receiver three, which would be an improvement for Gabe Davis. So I, I'm not a truther, but I do think he's better than he's been. I, uh, I don't think he'll be Travis
0: Fogum though. No. <laughs> oh, so he's not going to be that good. All right, um, so <laughs> Drew, uh, they're they're throwing shell, man. Drew, Drew's out. He's he's upset that uh, that Gabe Davis will never reach uh, <laughs> Travis Fogum levels. Uh, Drew, they they talking trash on your mans. Uh Do you have a rebuttal?
1: I almost deleted this off the show sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Travis Fulgham vibes. I, I don't think so. I think Gabe Davis has been there. Uh, you know, he's lasted longer and been, been more notable for longer than Fulgham was in exactly his, his month, six weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I like him Pretty well. Uh, I don't know that I would label myself a truther. I probably skew more toward a truther than a doubter at at this point. Um, You know, if you're telling me, I I don't know who else you'd put in that group. I guess some other names that have been lumped in, right? Amon Ross, St. Brown, Darnell Mooney. Um, You know, between those three, I would probably take Davis before the other two. Um, I could make a case for Amon Ross, St. Brown after some of the work he did last year. But, you know, being attached to Josh Allen, I think he's continuing to build rapport there. There are a decent amount of weapons. You throw in Dawson Knox now, and yeah, I think to your point, Rocky, I, I expect Jamison Crowder to take over some of the Beasley roles. So depending on the defenses that they're playing, there will be some weeks I think where Crowder will have some some really good upside in, in a PPR league for you. Um, I think Gabe Davis will have to continue to be efficient. He's not going to get a ton of targets. So if he gets four or five targets a game, that's good for him. Uh, and you're hoping that you know one of them is a touchdown or he's going to have you know, two or three catches for 80, 90 yards and he'll, he'll approach double digits for you. So hopefully Gabe Davis is not a huge part of building your roster for success this year, but uh, I, I love him as a bye week fill-in and then the flex play, depending on how deep your league is. I, I know the one that I'm in with you, Rocky, where we've got to start, start like... F- what, four, four running backs and no, five the, wide receivers. Something like three, three,
2: and four, three and Three and four. Three. Yeah, I, but there's yeah, twelve I'd, starters. Also, yeah, there's flexes. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd love to have Gabe Davis as my my wide receiver four. Uh, you know, depending on how the rest of my roster looks, uh, even possibly even my wide receiver three, depending on what I what I drafted. So, um, I don't think it, he's. I don't think Fulgham is a a realistic comp for what will happen this year moving forward. Uh, he's done enough. You know, I, I, if anything, I'm probably more worried about guys like Isaiah McKenzie who seem to, you know, find their spots to really shine, whether it's on special teams. If he really emerges as another receiver, then I think he would be more likely to give Gabe Davis a, a harder harder time. Um, I, I see re- recovering really true through here. How does a Bills fan feel about uh, Shakir? uh Khalil or Khalil Shakir uh I honestly don't know another another speedster um we'll see what that looks like I think he probably starts special teams I think he and Isaiah McKenzie will probably go at it for a little bit and see what comes out of that but uh to Rocky's point I think Gabe Davis has another has a shot to to level up a little bit and really could be the the wide receiver too but what does that really mean you know week to week it could there could be weeks where like I said Jameson Crowder will really be, you know, the outlet there. I don't know what to expect from James Cook. Um, you know, I I've seen people projecting as high as like sixty or seventy receptions as a rookie. I think that's unreasonable. I think that's that's really high. You know, I think he could probably get you know 30, 40 targets pretty easy. So two to three uh, a game. But but yeah, outside of that, um, I like Gabe Davis overall. I I don't have a whole lot to back that up outside. I mean, you know, he had a really good last year. At UC, it was uh what was it. UCF where he was um I think so yeah so yeah I think Josh Allen makes them all better so it'll be tough to predict outside of Diggs. um you know who's really going to be dominating there and that's that's kind of the, the blessing and the curse of having an offense like that as you were
2: talking Drew it kind of occurred to me something you said there you know he could be the wide receiver too what does that what does that mean it it kind of makes me think reminds me of, like, we were always searching for that Green Bay wide receiver, too. I'm not sure there is going to be anything that, that super matters after Diggs. I think it's all going to be split up among all those guys, Cook and 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 Crowder and, and uh, Gabe and McKenzie and Knox. And I, I don't think anyone, I don't know that any of those guys steps up to be anything special, anything that we really are chasing after.
0: Yeah, I, I'll wrap this one up since I, I have no uh, no skin in the game. Nobody from any of my teams was was mentioned here. <laughs> um, all right, so first of all, um, I can't doing a lot of agreeing, which is funny because uh, we a lot of times do a lot of disagreeing. James Cook, man, yeah, guess what? If you were looking for your, uh, your Trey Sermon of 2022, here we go. Dude that nobody had in their first round, mocks before the draft now i uh, he's a part of the bills he's got to be good and it's like well, wait a minute if he was so good why why weren't we mocking him in the first before yeah. the draft
2: i've called him the low-end version of Clyde Edwards Lair. geez <sighs> that's lower, uh, lower rank back pass catching guy everyone vaulted him up because of the offense he went to but that offense doesn't throw lots of running backs that that's what he is to me
0: i i wish we uh had the capabilities i would play the gif right now of the uh the dude's dancing with the casket on their shoulder because uh, Rock, <laughs> Rocky just put James Cook in a body bag.
1: But um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not in I'm not into all this. Hey, let's uh, let's make James Cook a thing. Uh, but I like to look at what NFL teams tell me, not what I think myself, because, you know, I'm, I'm not as smart as people who get paid lots of money to run NFL teams. And the Bills told me that they felt like they needed to sign Jamison Crowder in free agency, use a pretty decent pick on James Cook, and use another pick on Khalil Shakir, who we mentioned early. I think if you got Gabe Davis and Gabe Davis is supposed to be that dude, I, I don't need all this other stuff. We'll get some, you know, we'll get some depth for the wide receiver room. But I mean Bringing in three guys to, to maybe supplement or help Gabe Davis or like I, I don't like that. And here, here's another interesting thing. Since you guys are making such great points, I had time to look at the, uh, the old statistics uh, and see if they can lead our way. Jameson Crowder's been in the league for seven years. Actually feels like he's been in the league longer, but this is gonna be season number eight for him.
2: I thought he came in with Frank Gore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: I Maybe when only, Gore got to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: only
0: the only people that came into the league with Frank Gore was like Roger Staubach and uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um but and if you young people don't know who that is, hit the Google machine. Um but this is gonna be season number eight for Jameson Crowder. Can you guess how many times Jameson Crowder has had less than seventy targets in his seven years in the league?
2: The way you're asking it, I would assume not many.
0: One. One, <laughs> One is correct. Do you know how many times in Gabe Davis's short career, he's had seventy targets? Zero. Zero. (laughs) That to me says, wait a minute. We bring in a guy that, by the way, has had two seasons in the league where he's had over 100 targets, and every other season except for one more, he's had over 75 targets. So this guy gets on a team, and the team gives him targets. Now, he's going to be 29 in the 2022 season, and Rocky knows how we hate old people. We don't like them. They're not good anymore. But I don't know. Sounds like a guy that's going to get some targets and take some targets. Is he going to take targets away from Stephon Diggs? I don't think so. So it's going to be, you know, Gabe Davis, you know, uh, rookie season, 62 targets. Last year, 63 targets. Maybe he bumps up to 65 targets this year. And I'm just not seeing that as anything that I want to, you know, hold my hat on. Now Travis Fulgham probably had 65 targets in the month that he was a thing, but um, you know, that worries me about Gabe Davis. And I, you know, I would not be drafting him. I'm not sure if he's still going super early, but I know at early, early in the, the drafting season, uh, he was going pretty early after the, Splash game in the playoffs So yeah I'll stay away um, I'll get Jamison Crowder a lot later Who will probably give me very similar production And, uh, and be happy With that And yeah. n- not touch James Cook
2: And by the way I was just curious Because we Shakir had come up For all the love we give I and mean, It seems like it's happened since he came Into the league for all the love we give Gabe Davis He was drafted twenty picks higher in his draft than than Khalil Shakir was. So I mean, who's to say Khalil Shakir doesn't eclipse him? I mean, he was one hundred and twenty. He was a fourth. He was a day three pick. I mean, the the kind of the love that he's gotten since coming into the league far outweighs what what it deserves. I think from the fantasy community,
0: it's it's amazing how much. And I say, you know, I said this earlier. You know, we're supposed to be the pinnacle of patience and. We see one good playoff game, not even a game that helps you during the fantasy season, but a good playoff game. And we're like, this dude has arrived. We we saw it with Tony But Sony even before Michelle that, few- there
2: were Gabe Davis shooters.
0: Oh, yeah. I, every time Gabe Davis gets some hype, I go, sell him for a first right now. Get your first round <laughs> pick and get out. And uh, again, right after that game, if the trading block was open for my league and I had Gabe Davis, which I have 0% of Gabe Davis, I would have been like, "Hey, who wants to give up a first for Gabe Davis?" I know you all love him now. He, he's uh, he's everyone's darling, and yeah, it, I I would have cashed out.
2: If yeah, yeah, if you have him in your rosters, you probably should have sold him already because a, a day three wide receiver to, to get the value spikes you've gotten out of Gabe Davis is what you dream about.
0: Yeah, you've right? had at least two windows where you could have gotten a, a legitimate first round pick for Gabe Davis, mm-hmm. and he is he is never for any prolonged period of time proven. That he's worth a first round rookie pick. So um there there you go. Uh last one, Man, Going back to back with uh, former Eagles grades here, uh from Joe Pepe at JPep20. Am I crazy for liking Zach Ertz late in fantasy drafts? We have a D hop suspension, Kristen Kirk is elsewhere, At uh, Chase Edmonds is out. And although Hollywood Brown played with Kyler in the past, Ertz is one of the few players Kyler had last year that's worth fantasy value. So are would we be crazy for going after Ertz later in our drafts? Uh, Rocky, you went first last time. We'll let Drew go first this time and talk about former Eagles great Zach Ertz. Uh,
1: are we talking – I'm not sure what we're talking here for a redraft or, or dynasty, but either way, the answer is no. I mean, I I would love to have Zach Ertz on a few of my rosters later on as my tight end too, or something like that. Um, For all those reasons. And he's just a, he's just a good player. He's a good tight end. He's savvy. He gets himself open. He may not get, you know, break long runs after the catch or something like that. But um, I mean, he, it didn't take him long to catch on last year with Murray. Uh, there's certainly the, the environment for him to do well. And if Hollywood continues to stretch the field, then there's going to be a lot of room underneath for him to, to make a few catches. And for those of us that are playing in more of the tight end premium leagues, five catches, 60, 70 yards. Yes, please. Don't even need touchdowns at that rate.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because we, after the trade, we said, well, Zach Ertz is done. He's moving to a new team halfway through the season. Arizona's offense doesn't go to the tight end that often. And we forgot that like the tight ends were like Max Williams and Ricky Seals Jones. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that are way better than me at football, but compared to other NFL players, aren't that good. And we saw it right away. I mean, it wasn't like uh, we needed four games for Zach Ertz to ramp up. And then he, he hit the ground running and was, was dominating and I can't believe that a full off season you know he probably knew a percentage of the playbook you know just coming into the team he's going to know the whole playbook he's a veteran he's been there he's seen it I yeah you can give me Zach Ertz and if I'm playing the you know if I'm not first I'm last uh, tight end strategy. Yeah. I'll take Zach Ertz and, you know, he'll probably roll me to like a tight end 10 tight end 11 season. And that's fine. Like for where I'm probably going to get him in a draft, I am more than okay. Having a low end tight end one where I'm probably drafting him a lot later than other guys that are going to finish behind him. What do you think Rocky?
2: Oh yeah, I'm totally on board with both of you. And and yeah, Drew mentioned him as a as a tight end too. I, I if you're if you decide to fade the position a little bit, I, I don't mind him as my tight end one. I was just looking in trade addicts leagues, he was and they, they do have a pretty hefty premium, it's 1.75. And he he had 74 catches last year, so that does help, but he was tight end six, and I I think He could have a similar stat line this year i mean some of that's maybe because hopkins was hurt but hopkins is going to miss six games so uh at least starting off the season he should be very good just like this guy was saying and and yeah other than other than really rondale there's there's not really anyone who really was playing with uh kyler last year uh, for an extended period of time that's good at least to start the season until hopkins is back so uh, I, I know, I know Hollywood does have the, the college connection, but uh, no one that was in the offense last year. So, so yeah, I just agree with both of you. He's he's a great pick if you're if you're not going to go elite tight end like I was saying earlier uh, in a redraft or dynasty. I, I love getting nerds later. Uh, he, he's he might be the best guy if you, if you're going to wait on tight end. If if, if you're going to fade Andrews and and Kelsey and and all those guys, to me he's the clear the clear late round guy that you want to go get.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we all agree. Like if, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not getting Kelsey's Andrews, you know, Kittle pit, something like that. And you're just like, screw it. I'll take, you know, I'll be the last guy to take a tight end. You'll probably still get Zach Ertz. And like I said, he's probably going to outperform guys that are taken before him. So, um, you know, Dawson Knox is a guy I can see him outperforming. We all love mm-hmm. Dawson Knox. Um, guys like Sam that. See him outperforming Goddard. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, as funny as that might sound on its face, it's not really. Like, it, I would not be shocked at the end of this season if Ertz is, you know, tight end 10 and Goddard is tight end 12. Yeah. And we're like, oh you know, we were much happier having Zach Ertz on our team than than Dallas Goddard. Um Drew, you can you can kind of take a take a back seat, maybe get some popcorn, laugh it up a little bit, because we got we got one more tweet here uh from Rocky himself at Dynasty FF addict. And he he had a Trevor Lawrence thread. And this will make you happy because we have our Trevor Lawrence to a bet. Uh I need to get my popcorn. Yeah, get <laughs> your popcorn. He said, so is T law possibly just not good? Goes I know Uber Meyer, bad weapons, yada yada. But his rookie season was historically bad. And then we're we're gonna go. We're gonna go into the stats. I love stats.
2: I had stats.
0: Going back to 1980, rookie QBs that played a full 16-game season and Trevor Lawrence played 17 games. So I I do want to put that out there. I don't – I I want to strengthen Rocky's argument here. 17 games Trevor Lawrence played. Having stats as bad as Trevor Lawrence, 12 TDs or less, at least one interception a game, under 3,700 yards, there's two. Rick Meyer in 1993, he, he, he got better later in life. And Geno Smith never got better, <laughs> even though he had like two, two kind of amazing games for Geno Smith with the Seahawks. Um, yikes. But not all QBs play a full season in their rookie year. Counting stats don't tell the whole story. Rocky trying to keep it fair and balanced. Uh, so, guys that have played at least ten games, you get a list of Trevor Lawrence, Chris Winkie, David Carr, Tony Eason, Jack Trudeau, Scott <laughs> Secules. I, I don't know Jimmy Clausen and Ryan Leaf.
2: And this was this was doing doing rate right stats rather than counting stats. So this was mm-hmm. under Trevor Lawrence's sixty percent completion, under two percent TD percentage, over two point eight INT percentage. And six point yards, uh, 6.0 yards
0: per attempt or worse. That's what the, that list was. If you lower it to eight games played by Alex Smith, he does hit the list. Alex Smith hits, hits this list. So there's your high-end comp, okay? But it <laughs> appears that no one in the modern NFL who's played a sizable amount of games in year one has ever been as all-around bad as a rookie as Trevor Lawrence and gone on to legit success. Again, people will point to Meyer, et cetera, but I doubt he's the only rookie in 42 years with a horrible head coach. Plus, it's not like the organization as a whole has been stellar over the years and seems poorly run currently. For him to even have a decent career seems like an outlier at this point. I said I actually said to Rocky, we talked about this, and I said this would make a good debate pod. I want to I want to start like some debate pods because I've I've gone to war for Kenny Galladay, words I'd never thought I'd say in the year twenty (laughs) twenty two, and I've I've gone to bat for Trevor Lawrence. So
2: did this thread hurt your soul, Josh?
0: It hurt my soul. There were (laughs) you know why? Because it wasn't just a Trevor Lawrence sucks, and that was it. A lot of good stats in there.
2: And yeah. I, I honestly went into this. I wasn't just trying to prove Trevor Lawrence sucks. I, I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I was just curious myself. Like, is there anyone who's been this? because I knew he was, he was bad. Like, he was awful last year. And I was just curious if there was anyone who had gone to success. As I stumble over my words, and it was basically Alex Smith. That was that was the best end. All
0: right. So I want to I want to pick this apart. A little bit with with my own stats. Because I read this and I go, this hurts me as someone who I think I've realized, and I don't think I ever fully bought into this, but maybe a small part of me did when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence as the, you know, the greatest QB prospect since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. You know, I think any part of me, the five percent of me that maybe bought into that has, you know, paid paid those dues and we're we're out on that but I think he can be a pretty good quarterback and, and let's, let's put some things out here. Trevor Lawrence, not the, not the first rookie quarterback to ever have a bad head coach, but Rocky <laughs> urban Meyer was not bad. Urban Meyer wasn't even horrible. He would have had to upgrade what he did to be horrible. Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, He didn't know who 99 on the Los Angeles. And I got that one, right? Rams was, by the way, if you're, you know, if you don't watch all the games and you, you know, not near 99 for the Los Angeles Rams is Aaron Donald, arguably the best defensive player in the league. Okay, that's fine. There's 32 teams, right, Rocky? That's a lot of players to remember. It can happen, right? I want to throw a name out here. And you might know it because you're you're big into fancy or you're big into football in general. Do you know who Andre Cisco is? I do not know who Andre Cisco is. Okay, so Andre Cisco was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, That's pretty impressive, right? Andre Cisco drafted by those Jaguars. He is a safety, and he was taken. With a second round pick, I believe, and I am looking this up right now to make sure that I am not lying to anyone. Oh, third round pick. I'm sorry. So a day two and, pick. And Urban Jackson. didn't know who he was. <laughs> a A reporter after a game asked Urban during his uh, pro, during his uh, during his press conference. He said, um, "How do you feel about Andre Cisco playing more snaps?" Urban's response. He's getting out there more and playing more in games. Here's the problem. What the reporter meant was how do you feel about Andre Sisco getting more snaps? Because Andre Sisco did not play in that game. But <laughs> Urban Meyer answered the question as if Andre Sisco had played in the game that he just coached. So not only did he not know the players on other teams. I mean, legendary Hall of Fame players like Aaron Donald, he didn't even know when the players on his own team were in the game. That's not bad. That's not horrible. That is a level of incompetence I, we may have never seen in the NFL before. And Rocky, we, we've we seen the rich, cold tights. We've seen bad. You know, we, We've we watched the NFL long enough. I've watched Jason Garrett. I've, I've seen bad. I've seen bad things. Urban Meyer might be the worst ever. I always say this. Trevor Lawrence, first rookie quarterback, who was also his team's head coach, he actually had to go to Urban Meyer and tell him to put James Robinson, who, by the way, I think we all agree is a pretty good NFL player, back in the game because he had taken him out and left him out. All right. So that, that's how bad Urban was. Not, not just horrible, not just bad, just another level. Weapons, right? Weapons are bad, yada, yada. But let, let's dive into the yada, yada, because it's easy to yada this away. The, the best player in terms of running back or wide receiver was Marvin Jones with 835 yards. For the entire season, he was the best. James Robinson had 790, I want to say. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, so if I'm a little wrong, excuse me. Um, They had no player reach 900 yards. They had no player reach double-digit touchdowns. I didn't get a chance to go through every team in the NFL, but the only two teams that I found that had done that this year were the Jets and the Giants. Both of those teams are pretty bad, too. And – the Jags were, were in that, that category. Uh, players that have more yards than number 37 in the league, Marvin Jones, A.J. Green, Chase Claypool, and the guy who's their number one receiver now, Christian Kirk. Listen, am I a big fan of how the Jaguars have spent their money? No. <laughs> They've paid a lot of money to to guys that have not uh, have not not shouldn't, shouldn't have gotten that money. I'm just trying to put it nicely. Um, their number four player in yards per game was the postman Dan Arnold, who came halfway through the season. Number three. Laquan Treadwell, number two. The other guy, what is his name? The guy that LaVista Chanel, who nobody likes now. And number one, of course, was Marvin Jones. So per game, those were his four best options. That's bad. That's not just like, hey, he had bad weapons. Like get over. That's that's like really bad. That Laquan Treadwell is a top three. Yards per game option on your team. Now, I think Christian Kirk will be adequate. I think he will be better than 835 yards as long as he stays healthy. I think he might actually break into, I don't know, like the top 32 this year instead of like 37th being your leading receiver. Travis Etienne is interesting. I don't know how to feel about him. Twitter, there's a big like upswell in Travis Etienne love. Um, it could be interesting having uh, T-Law with a guy that he's used to from their Clemson days. We'll see about that. But I think having like your number three guy instead of your number one guy is a, is a big upgrade. Uh, and most importantly, they upgraded to your former head coach, Rocky, <laughs> Doug Peterson, the guy who won a Super Bowl, the guy that knows how to run a football team we can argue, you know, is he that good, whatever. I think he is a a fine head coach. And I think having a guy who had been a quarterback in the league is going to really help Trevor Lawrence out. Because Trevor Lawrence not only was a rookie, but literally had to figure this all out on his own. I mean, Urban Meyer wasn't helping. Urban Meyer probably didn't even learn his name to like week six. So I, I think we – we have to say that Trevor Lawrence was terrible. That we can't argue that. It was bad. But I think to say that he's done after a season, I am I'm, I'm gonna get in with the shovel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little bit of dirt off of his grave. I don't think we can bury him yet. I think that, you know, the head coach is gonna do a lot for this team and just having mildly better weapons to be better for uh for trevor lawrence plus they actually spent some money on that offensive line which for some reason they just thought they didn't need to do last year they took a quarterback number one and then spent no money on the offensive line uh so yeah so that's my argument uh for trevor lawrence but i don't know i don't know if we've ever gotten your opinion on this drew
2: i just want to chime in real quick before drew gives his uh Thoughts on Lawrence. I, I I just want to say first, I don't hate Lawrence. This isn't a, a Zach Wilson situation here, um, but <laughs> but I do. In rebuttal to some of what you said, I, I know Urban Meyer was was an idiot in a lot of ways, uh, but I, I don't know that he was making Trevor Lawrence throw seventeen interceptions either. I mean that to me that doesn't really as much come down to coaching. You can you can avoid interceptions. The coach doesn't make you throw interceptions. He may not have put him in the best position to be to having more than 12 which again that's 12, 1 2 touchdowns on the season. But but you you can take better care of the ball regardless of what your coach is doing. And the other thing was uh yes. You, and you even said this, that they, they mildly upgraded the weapons. It, it, it's very mildly. I mean, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones is not the thing that dreams are made of here. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's probably bottom third in the league in terms of, in throwing Marvin Jones in there too, I guess in receiving options. So, uh, it's not like he's got like this, like they've upgraded massively there to help him out in the way they have, uh, for Zach Wilson in the jets. So, uh, I, I still think it's going to be a struggle this year. I, again, I just, it's, it's not that I think that I came into this wanting to kill Trevor Lawrence. It's just, it looks so bad. Like given what, given history, it, it looks really bad. And, and given what we've seen this off season, I, other than Peterson, who I agree is a massive upgrade. Uh, but other than that,
0: I don't, I don't see a lot of hope. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuttal your rebuttal here. This is, see, this is what I want to do. Drew's not gonna get to talk the rest of this. Nah, time. <laughs> I told Drew to take the night off. He he was done once we started this. Uh, so I heard two things there. A, I heard you're willing to trade away Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. For Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and Dan Arnold. That's that. That's no, I, I
2: did. I did agree with you that they mildly upgraded, but that's very mild. That that is a I, bad. That is oh, a mediocre at best group of weapons he's got this year.
0: It it's not. It, he has not upgraded to a, a top five skill position group, but driving that old Geo Metro is better than taking the bus. And last year, Trevor Lawrence was on the bus. The bus pass was all ripped up. He was taping it together how he could. Now he's got his own car. He could drive around a little bit. So, and I would not discount the effect that a head coach can have because we can look at a team like the Los Angeles Rams. Jeff Fisher was in there just eight and eight in it every season. Just just mediocrity at its best it was seven and nine eight and eight jeff fisher and then we bring in the man genius we bring in sean McVay, and all of a sudden they're just winning double digit games every season they're going to super bowls they're winning super bowls and i think that doug peterson is going to put in an offensive game plan that highlights what trevor lawrence does well and tries to hide his weaknesses as best as possible. And I honestly think that Urban Meyer was just like, this is the offense we always played at the Ohio State University, and this is the offense we're going to play. And I I actually went back and watched some Jags games. That, That offensive game plan was hot garbage in July. It was bad there were flies around that offense. I mean, you're right. Quarterbacks kind of have to understand what's going on and how to avoid the mistakes. But dude, that offensive game plan was really set up for Trevor Lawrence to just pray to God that somebody got open and throw the ball because there was, there was no innovation. There was no, you know, option routes to get guys open there was no i mean it was just like hey here's this offense we've run the same six plays that we ran at ohio state because we had you know 97 five-star recruits and we could just out athletic everyone and you can't do that in the nfl like Doug, doug peterson knows that doug peterson knows he's not coming in he's running an offense based on you know Hey, my guys are better than your guys, you know, and that's how we're going to run it. Like he knows he's going to have to be creative. And I-, I think Doug Peterson can actually be a little creative. So it'll be fun to see. But before we get to Drew on this, I, I don't think we've asked your opinion on this bet before. This was uh, pre-Doug Peterson, pre-Tyree trade. Uh, Drew and I made a bet, uh, total points for the season. Uh T Law versus Tua. Obviously now things have changed, but the bet doesn't change. Bet stays the same. Who do you like this year? Total fantasy points on the season. You got Tua or you got Trevor Lawrence? Since you say you don't hate Trevor Lawrence?
2: I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I do like Tua. And to me, that's pretty easily Tua. I he's got the better weapons. I, I he should I he is not he has not been even in his rookie season, he was not as bad as Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and he, he's been decent. He's got better weapons. I, I still think there's talent there. And I think we see him step up this year from these first two seasons. If he, Especially if he can stay healthy, he was yanked in and out of the lineup year one, he had injury issues last year. So, and, and he was coming off the injury in his rookie year two of uh, the hip injury. So, yeah, to me that to me that's pretty easily to it, given what he's working with, given given that he's shown more in the league already than
0: Lawrence has. It'll be very interesting to see what happens <laughs> there. All right, Drew, uh, round, round us out. What what did you like? What did you dislike about the uh, the Trevor Lawrence discourse?
1: I think the biggest pro for Lawrence, like we've been saying all along, is you have Doug Peterson who made it work for Nick Foles got Nick Foles paid afterwards. Um, you know, that certainly carries some weight. You're looking at the the terrible stats for these wide receivers. However, at the end of the day, who, who is getting the ball to these wide receivers? So I, I guess that's something that I would want to look into a little bit more is, you know, what were some of the other contributing factors there? Uh, was it the O-line that just wasn't giving him enough time? You know, you see he was sacked 32 times last year. I don't know where that ranks uh, in quarterback sacks for, for the season. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many of his balls were uncatchable based on just accuracy. I think as a prospect, he he seemed to be somebody that we thought was going to be highly accurate, so there had to be something besides just him not throwing the ball well. Uh, but you're you're looking at a guy like Marvin Jones, who, yeah, if he was his best weapon, Marvin Jones has had a 1,000-yard season. You know, he had it with Matt Stafford. He had it with uh, a quality quarterback, and he's flirted with a 1,000 yards uh, a couple of different times, so – Uh, Like Rocky said, I I don't know that there's a huge upgrade in in the weapons this year. Uh, So I don't know that that will help him a ton. I don't know that Christian Kirk is really going to be an easier target than Marvin Jones was who just, you know, for his career has been known to go and and get some really tough contested catches uh, throughout the season. So I, I would like to think that Lawrence takes a step forward. I know he's got a ton of pressure. I can't imagine the psychology that's involved for a guy like him that was the number one overall pick. Um, you know, it was, was brought here into. Yeah, you know, there's part of me mostly joking, but does Jacksonville need to change their name from something that's shortened to Jags, which is just a bunch of guys? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah let, let's get a little more creative. Let's have something a little bit more, uh, you know, I, I guess it's a, a jungle cast that's pretty aggressive. We get something that's a little bit maybe less associated with a negative connotation when we're, we're putting that all over Twitter that this guy is a Jag and <laughs> is he on the team or is he just a, you know, just a role player. But um, yeah, I, I don't envy Lawrence and what he needs to prove this year. Hopefully he gets the support to do it. I think all of us looking at this, you know, we're, we're in it to see, see guys do well. I think when push comes to the show, we want to see these guys that have poured their, their blood, sweat and tears into getting to where they are. They are 1% of the 1% to get to the NFL uh, but it is that competition too so you've really got to be able to to put your stuff together. but I, I think this year I, I don't know I, I am I'm very curious to see who has a, a better season between Zach Wilson and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence this year seeing what the weapons are and seeing you know I, I believe in Robert Sala similarly to how I believe in in Doug Peterson. I think Salah's committed I think he'll make a jump as a second year coach so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and uh, yeah I, I am still. I don't think I'm quite as confident as Rocky on Tua outscoring Trevor this year. Uh, But I do like, I do like what the dolphins have done as an organization over the last two or three seasons as well. And some of the moves that they've made some at the expense of, you know, the Texans and some of those, those franchises that were willing to, to give a little extra, but, um, but yeah, I hope, I hope Lawrence does well. I hope he, uh, and we've talked about it before. I, I don't think it's just a coach thing too. I think there's the front office and ultimately ownership has to change for that organization to, to make a true step forward. So we'll see what happens.
2: I I will say, I hope you're right, Josh, uh, for, for Lawrence's sake. And, and because I'm a big Peterson fan, I'd love to see him do well. So I I hope you're right.
0: I I think, I think we're going to be surprised by the Jags this year and it's going to be the Doug Peterson influence. And I'm not saying they're going to win like 10 games. That's ridiculous. But you know, I think a lot of people, you know, I'd be curious to see what the Vegas over under is. I'm sure, you know, it's something like four and a half or something like that. And, you know, I can see I could see this team winning six games just based on the fact that, you know, Doug Peterson knows what he's doing. And honestly, I think after this season, they're going to fire the GM and just kind of give Doug that power anyway. So I see the team getting uh, better. Drew mentioned um uh Nick Foles let's not forget you know Carson Wentz was was once in the MVP race and that was when Doug Peterson was his head coach you know obviously that terrible knee injury kind of ended his season and we've never seen that uh that Carson Wentz again but i mean at one point Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate and that was under uh Doug Peterson so he knows how to coach uh, QBs that have obtained very high uh draft status in this league, which is always um always fun to see. So on that note, uh it's been fun. Uh I had a good time. Uh actually before I I do the outro, Rocky you just you made me realize something when you talked about Tua. Tua's getting the Zach Wilson treatment. <laughs> they they've drafted a bunch of first round offensive linemen. They brought in Tyree Kill. They have Jalen Waddle. I think this is the prove it year for Tua. It'll be a
2: it's very it's interesting. Signed to Teron see. Armstead too on the offensive line. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: right. Good point. Um, they have about forty eight running backs. Um, yeah. Good luck figuring out which one is going to be good. Uh, I, I,
2: yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't step up this year, I think they they might be looking to move on.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting too. That might be a spot where, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the rumors for a few years was that was going to be the Deshaun Watson, uh, landing, uh, landing spot. And it didn't work out that way. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, next quarterback who's disgruntled doesn't end up in, uh, doesn't end up in Miami. They still have some draft capital and, uh, they they've built the team around it. So if, if two was not that guy, they're only a quarterback away from being, you know, a legitimate uh, Super Bowl contender. So that'll be fun. Now I'll do the outro because no more random thoughts will come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, first of all, Rocky, thank you for stopping by. Like I said, you always have the open invite. You come over whenever you want, uh, just in case people for some odd reason don't know where they can find you uh, and what you're up to. Let them know.
2: Yeah, I'm on the two pods also that are also on the DAP network, uh, Trade Addicts, uh, which uh, a lot of people I'm sure know about with with Russ, Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, I I more want to plug Junkies, Dynasty Junkies, my other pod. Uh, Been doing a lot of fun stuff on there. We just recently had our 100th episode, had all the hosts on, uh, had our original, my original co-host Dustin Church on, along with uh, all the current hosts, Scott Sidlow, Andrew Hall, Bobby Koch, all really, really smart guys, much smarter than me. So uh, come listen. Uh, we're all, uh, you know, we rotate who's on most of the time. Uh, but no matter what, somebody smart's on there. So uh, definitely check out Junkies at, at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. And uh, I also uh, sometimes host Dynasty Game Nights, so check that out as well. That's a DLF Pod.
0: Yeah, um, Rocky is is super smart. I love. Uh, I love the way he plays Dynasty because it's different. It's not you're not going to hear him say what a lot of other people are saying. Um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, he exploits the weaknesses, and it's always fun to watch him draft, set lineups, uh, make trades because he is really good at what he does. And the other thing that's really good is the chat. Chat was great. Uh, Did we got questions? We got comments. Drew was talking about moving half the time. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to everybody that popped in that said something. Gave a question, gave a comment, doesn't matter. When the chat is going, it always makes the show better. Just remember, for some reason, you are watching the show, you are commenting. Uh, hit subscribe. Hit the bell so you know when all of us go live because the junkies go live and you want to know when they do too because... Like Rocky said, they had episode 100. Oh, such a good episode. I finally got to listen to it. Thank you. On Monday, because I was so far behind on pods, uh, they usually put theirs out uh, Thursday or Friday. Um, but, you know, everybody on there smart. Rocky smart. smart. Uh, Dustin, when he makes appearances, so smart. Andrew, smart. Scott, smart. I mean, it's just like, if you were like, I, I need to gain advantages, but I don't know how, Throw the junkies on, listen to any of those guys, all of those guys talk. They do the find me, find me a trade, which I would love to submit some teams, but Rocky's in most of the leagues that I play in, <laughs> so I can't submit teams because I feel like uh, Rocky's going to tell me to trade uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson for two seconds and call it a day. Uh, but find Sounds me a good trade. to me. It does, not it? Uh, they have find me a trade, which I love because – you get a little bit of insight into how these guys think and how they process trade value, player value and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So yeah, you're going to want to hit the subscribe and the bell. So, you know, when those guys go live, just like, you know, when we go live, Uh, if you're doing a podcast thing, we're almost at two hours. That's a long ass time. You could be doing anything else, literally anything else. And you decided to spend that time with us. We appreciate it. If you just stumbled on the podcast, subscribe, we would love to, we would love you love to have you download and listen uh if you're already subscribed hey can you hit us with that rate and review because there's algorithms just like i forgot to mention for the youtube folks to to leave a comment because that apparently algorithms that i know nothing about but it helps somehow um you know and that's it that's all i got so drew let's get out of here
1: late